Lovely evening, everyone out there. This is your host, Kopi with Vance. That's right. That's our weekly show on every Wednesday. That's right. This is the second segment that we have come on board live with my guest speaker, Dr. Arvinda. Dr. Arvinda Singh. Hi, good evening, sir. sir. How are you? I am great. How about you, sir? I'm okay, sir. Doing well. Thank you, Mr. Dr. Arvinda Singh. Dr. Arvinda Singh is actually a very... uh, not a uh, new face. In fact, actually, it's a very familiar face in Kopi Advance. And uh, we're actually covering our podcast today on the topic of mental health awareness. And as you know, is the month of uh, May. It is specially dedicated to the mental health awareness. Welcome, Mr. Dr. Arvinda. Thank you. Thank you, Vance. Hi, everyone. Hope you all are keeping well. Thank you, Arvinda. Um, doctor, as we uh, looking at the particular month, which is of course the May, which is specially dedicated for mental health. Uh, we also know that you're currently doing uh, a certain research on a lot of topics, but pertaining to mental health, and I do just came to know just a thing about a few days back that you mentioned bullying is also a part that can affect mental health. Am I right to say that? Yeah. Um, so basically the term bullying can be in a many, is in a it's a very wide context. It's like saying that uh, it's raining, but where exactly is it raining? Is it raining in the north? Is it raining in the south? Is it raining in the west? Is it raining in the east? What's the direction of the wind? That all uh, contributes to the term that it is raining. So when we say bullying is actually a very big umbrella that where it can actually encompass um, many different types of issues that can lead to mental health problems. So, yeah, each type of uh, bullying can also um, give different type of uh, outcomes to mental health issues. Sometimes it may even involve, uh, partially involve physical health as well. So it's a very broad term umbrella for, 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 for uh, bullying. Thank you, Doctor. Um, Doctor, I mean, of course, we're going to talk about social media. We're going to talk about that advanced AI and so and so forth. But looking at teenagers as well, because I think that is one of the biggest concerns for parents. And your research based on social media also with, you know, um, kids, especially nowadays, teenagers. I mean, there are, is there adults also being involved in this, Doctor? Yes, because, uh, you see, uh, we must understand that mental health is becoming a prevalent issue. A lot of people say, you know, especially the elderly generation will turn and say, hey, you know what, during my days, we also had the same thing which was happening over and over. But, you know, we used to just live with it. But I think as we go along, we are finding that it is becoming more and more, uh, how shall I put it, uh, it's more and more, uh, it's not only becoming prevalent, but it is becoming w- even worse than what it was. The reason being is because those days, once you finish your work, you are disconnected or you are, let's say you are from away from the house, you are disconnected from the other part of it. If you had work, you're disconnected from the house, you are in the house, you're disconnected from work because your presence, your um, interactions happen physically only. But these days, we all have mobile phones. We are all on social media. We are all connected to one another. You may even have a meeting like what we're doing online right now. You know, uh, you, you have colleagues sitting in another place who you're communicating with to just uh, uh, get a message through. 
So unfortunately or fortunately with connectivity, it comes to exclusivity of 24 hours or per day uh, of being connected. So if a place, a person is suffering uh, bullying, which, leading is lead, which leads to mental health issues, it doesn't stop only there. Once they go back, you know, you're in, you're in a workplace with all your colleagues there, for example, and then you leave, uh, you leave your, your workplace, you come home, but in your social media group or in your chat groups, everybody is still there. And they may continue whatever is happening out of the office, continue all the way until you reach home, you're bathing, you have your dinner and all that, and you find that the thing is still going on. Whereas those days, once you leave work and that's it, you're cut off from it. So to in order for us to start comparing um, of what is happening in the past and in the present, it may be slightly unfair because of how technology has advanced. Yes, it has helped us, but at the same time, I think it has also caused us more problems. Mm. So now I get it, right? Um, it's not only for kids or teenagers, but even for adults because they have been constantly being pressurized of these deadlines. You know, example, example, if they're on a sales company, um, even the ma managers or the supervisors or bosses say, you know what, we want $80,000 a month for revenue this month. And then there goes the employee sleep, peace. Uh, probably it will be in full of anxiety. And I think that is what we are talking about. Weavers are there. Uh, the month of May is specially dedicated to mental health awareness. And with me is Dr. Arvinder Singh HS, which is going to talk a lot about topic on the bullying, right? Um, doctor, why don't we start off with the adults first? Like you mentioned, you know, um, particularly uh, is nowadays we don't see any more like eight to five job anymore, right? It's going to be like more than five uh, people are ending work at 12, which, which we think is normal, but now it looks like 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. They're clocking more than 18, 19 hours. What is your take on this, doctor? Is this also can be considered bullying as well? Yeah, it may be part of uh, bullying or maybe part of work culture or expectancy of uh, some, you know, some people, they are worried about job stability. They find their colleagues working that of that hours. Then they tend to put pressure on themselves to even produce that amount of work or that amount of output. But I think what everybody needs to understand is that I think work is work and uh, um, leisure is leisure. So it should not intermingle. That means you should not be going to work and having a leisurable time uh, with, your, with your leisure work and neither should it be also mixing the other way around. But unfortunately, uh, the way we are connected these days are actually um, in a way that everything, it, it overlaps with one another. You may be resting and somebody gives you a call and says that, hey, there's a meeting in 10 minutes. We are meeting these big corporate clients who require X, Y, Z. Uh, we need to be there. We need to be present. It may be on a weekend. It may be on a Sunday. It may be on a public holiday. But because uh, the world has come to such and because we live in a borderless world right now, I know because of the pandemic, the borders were closed. But now as we open up, you find that we still live in a borderless world on the on an online platform or an internet platform or a virtual platform. We are still borderless, and unfortunately, a lot of people they 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 seek us at a time convenient to them. Like for example, if you are going to meet from someone in Japan who are hours ahead in front of us, they are eight a.m. nine a.m. maybe hour what one a.m. two a.m. or maybe three a.m. So 
that itself will cause some issues in the in the sleep disturbances in the way we manage our time we manage our families and that all actually affects us in the long run so um there there are some companies who i've dealt with uh, in the past who have a strict policy that 8 to 5 is working hours that's when your social media groups of your workplace functions from 8 to 5 after 5 there is nothing work related that should be posted on the social media for that work groups reason being they don't want to bug people and time out after work is time out and strictly no messages on uh, weekends or public holidays which i thought which i found it a bit funny at first when i was told about it but then later i found that hey you know what this may be actually something good because in the sense that the workers learn to disconnect they know when to call it work when it's out of work time so i think even uh, when this policy comes from the management level itself it actually takes care of the well-being of the staff or or even their subordinates because they there is there is a, there is an aura that the management only wants us to work from 8 to 5 productivity may actually increase if not a lot of people will say i am i you know what i'll go home and then i'll have my bath i'll play with my kids for a while and then i will continue this later which doesn't happen which didn't happen in the past so right now when you're clocking in 8 to 5 and that's it 5 o'clock is discord there's no work after 5 that's it you just take it on to the next day of course urgent work aside but you know uh, on a general day basis it actually brings a different aura or up and i think work production between 8 to 5 will increase because people know that if they don't get anything between 8 to 5 and they don't connect between 8 to 5 with other people they are only going to get a response the next day so i think it brings a different aura so i think that is how working environment should be but unfortunately a lot of people look at social media as a way to connect 24/7 and it's a way to i won't say abuse but it is a way to keep in contact which may not be for social purposes it is more for work purposes well said doctor well said um even when i look at the stats right now uh, before we jumping into the adult stats uh bullying statistics all right this is from the national bullying prevention center uh one out of every five students report being bullied All right, but of course, this is in a worldwide uh, yeah. stat at the moment. But of course, we're not going to base on countries. But um, you know, when kids are going through, you know, their primary school levels, or they when they go into secondary or even colleges, even up to adult, also being getting uh, people are getting bullied at all ages. Am I right to say that? Yeah. So you have, um, I think, in one of the papers which I co-authored uh, lately, which is due out for publications. we even see professionals being bullied uh, the research which we did was actually doctors being bullied by patients in the emergency department here in uh, malaysia among all the hospitals and we got doctors to uh, to 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 respond and you find that doctors were actually bullied in the sense of verbal abuse uh, uh, physical abuse mental abuse litigation and even sexual abuse and you will be quite surprised that the result shows that many doctors are actually bullied in one way or another and uh, unfortunately that leads to uh, mental health issues 
even with professionals. So I'm just giving you an example. I'm not right. saying that every doctor who has undergone um, abuse or, or, or bullying has actually got mental health issues, but it may affect them in one way or another. It depends now again on the second mechanism, which is called the coping skills. Some people are able to cope better than the others. So you wonder that uh, why, okay, in a class of three people who are being bullied or in a, in an office of three people who are being bullied, why only one person is getting it very bad uh, and the other two people are not? It's because maybe these two people have better coping skills than the other person. But it is no reason for us to blame that the person who can't cope because we are all brought up differently. We are all brought up in different environments. We all thought to cope differently. So I think uh, rather than going for the odds, we actually have to look after uh, everyone and ensure that this bullying culture is not uh, prevalent. And it should stop at the top managerial level. Um, there is something called a dump down syndrome, whereby if something which starts, which is wrong, which starts at the very top, it trickles down, everybody ends up uh, doing it at some different levels or at different rates. But if it starts strictly at the top, that there's no such thing that starts at the top and it goes top down, you will find that very few people or or, or in fact, no, no one will actually indulge in such behaviors. So I think to come back to the question that who suffers bullying, I think anybody are at risk of suffering uh, uh, bullying. If uh, I think the stats which you mentioned was perhaps, perhaps pre-pandemic, because uh, post-pandemic, we are looking at one in three or one in four who are actually suffering from bullying. So you are talking about 30, uh, 20, uh, 25% to 33.3% of the population who are suffering that. In some form or another, it may not be physical uh, uh, bullying or abuse. It may be on online where people are gaslighting a person or they're mm -hmm. talking bad about a person. Um, and, and this trickles over. And you must understand that with connectivity these days, someone who is not even part of the group from outside who may be part of your social link may also read that and they will also read about that. And if you're not careful or if your luck is bad, that person may also start doing the same thing to you. So it becomes a, a domino effect, which is actually not what something which we welcome. But uh, at the same time, I think is uh, managing your social media well. When I say managing your social media well is before... I think uh, we have covered this topic once. Is Before posting anything, always say, is this necessary? Uh, will I offend anyone? Am I going to offend myself in posting something like that? And if you feel that you are, just delete it. Uh, there are so many times where I actually want to put out a, a public message tweet um, uh, for people. But when I look at it, I said, mm, I may offend X, Y, Z. So I just delete the post. And um, I think it, you know, you cause less harm by doing things like that. And um, I think it is high time that we not only educate people on what bullying, but we must educate people not to bully. Because when, uh, you see, there are, two, there are two sides of the coin. One is a person bullying and one is you witness someone who is bullying. So, uh, for example, if you find uh, in professional levels, uh, you find a patient is actually bullying a doctor. If another patient comes up and says, hey, what you're doing is wrong, you're not supposed to be speaking 
to the doctor that way you're supposed to be having a, a, a proper decent conversation between both of y'all yeah but that can stand up even if a doctor is trying even if it's the other way around a doctor who is uh, uh, talking down on his patients uh, or on her patients uh, for that matter and a colleague comes out and say you're not supposed to be doing that it brings a different aura but if a lot of people just witness and forget they just look aya ah, yeah, this is normal and they just leave it at that mm-hmm. or they just ignore it that is actually yeah. adding to the problem you know doctor i think you said it well as well again for the second time uh, you know it is just about acceptance oh it's okay it's norm but you are right uh, when i was talking about the national bullying prevention center it is actually the pre pandemic because that right. that was on uh, 2019 so That's after right. the pandemic or rather endemic right now you mean uh, the percentage has increased up so people start bullying more <laughs> is uh, that, am i right to that yes because i think that uh, uh, if if i'm right to say that that this pre pandemic data would have been physical and virtual but as we went to the pandemic and even right now where most of the things are going on online and virtual when people actually don't uh, stay online or they don't go online they live online unfortunately this problem may be coming more and more prevalent at least that is from what the reports were coming up we don't have official statistics but from my colleagues who are working in psychiatry department are actually saying that there are more and more people who are coming with these issues uh, you must understand that we had about a year of discord from social connectivity and some people have uh discorded themselves so badly from social uh, being from 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 being socially uh, uh in from social interactions that when they are coming back they are actually having problem again especially younger kids you find that um you know they, at, at at a very tender age where they are actually supposed to be going learning their social skills mingling talking to their friends suddenly have all become discorded uh, even some people uh, you know last time they know that okay this is what i should say this is what i shouldn't say but mm-hmm. because they have not been mingling in public uh, for some time that also becomes an issue it may not seem very um, it may seem a very trivial event or a trivial issue but unfortunately the small things can actually add on to other things which are happening if everybody i always say this if you think it is a trivial thing let's imagine that if everybody throws a crumb of bread into the pond to feed the fish every single person throws a crumb of bread into the pond you will find that the pond is finally covered with bread so that is what we are actually worried that if everybody starts throwing a crumb at each other the one person is going to end up holding a lot of crumbs and uh, unfortunately that is where different breaking points come to to start and end with and also we must understand that since we are going more and more virtual you find a lot of people who are coming back to the point of gain of work, supposed to be working from 8 to 5 they are working more than that because they can't uh, complete deadlines they are expected to work more than usual um uh, uh, people come up with the theory that oh you're sitting at home why can't you actually finish it but people don't understand that when you're actually sitting at home you're not the only person at home you may be dealing with your kids you may be dealing with other people is your off is is your work home uh, or your home a conducive place for a work environment that's also mm-hmm. another thing so there's a lot of getting used to in these issues which all right. can contribute to actually mental health and even some amount of bullying which i i won't say it's bullying but maybe it's stretching the the, the limit a bit beyond that it becomes a bit beyond human capacity 
Thank you, Doctor. Uh, we are giving credits to the pacer.org, and that is the report that I'm actually uh, citing here. Uh, Doc, you know, that's a particular area that, you know, kids or even students have been bullied, all right? I'm just going to give you the stats, and probably then maybe we want to look at that, you know, bullies, you know, mindset of those who are bullying, right? Um, it is reported that almost about 43% uh, bullying happened inside the classroom and 42% in the cafeteria or the canteen. Uh, outside on the school grounds is 22%. Uh, bathroom or locker room is 12%. And school bus is 88%. So you can see the, the percentages drops from school all the way to the external part of the, the school. But you know what's the interesting part, Doc, here is that based on the effects of bullying, students were exper experiencing a major risk of depression, anxiety, sleep difficulties, and lower academic achievements and possibility of dropping out of school as well. What is your take on that, doctor? Yeah, so um, I think uh, it depends on how they're actually being observed. Uh, you will notice that these places are where the students have to be in a particular area. After school, uh, they, may, they may go towards safety or they may go towards their, their parents' uh, vehicles. So you actually get less and less of that. But when they actually have to be confided in certain places, this is where it becomes more important for people around them to be aware that, okay, this person is suffering from bullying. Should we stand up for the person or report to someone more superior so that this happens, uh, uh, so that uh, this does not happen as commonly as uh, as it is at the moment. The other thing, uh, the other thing which we should be also talking about is perhaps, um, um, I think one one of the things which we should be looking at is when this bullying is happening uh, day in day out. Who are the people who are actually being bullied? Uh, the other more important thing is who are the people who are bullying. Because if you identify those people who are bullying and you actually train them and tell them, look, don't bully, you are maybe solving the problem at at, uh, at, at ground level itself. So I think, uh, you know, most of the people who have been bullied, and if you look at uh, research in the past of people who are bullying are actually victims themselves. So they take it out on other people. They may go home to an abusive family. They may go home to an abusive parent. They may go home to an abusive guardian. They may go home to an abusive caretaker who they don't know how to um, communicate uh, or they feel that communication only takes place in that particular way. And unfortunately, when they come to school, they also look at other people um, who may be in the similar situation that they are at their at, at, at away from school and they continue to do that uh, as a way mm. of renting out. Right. So right. how how does it affect students? Uh, like what you mentioned, uh, sleep deprivation and all that, some of them are actually signs of depression and anxiety. And that mm. is why we notice that these days the... The, the the issue of depression, anxiety, and stress among um, kids are becoming more and more prevalent. So we have to ask ourselves, what is the root cause of it? Is it because of um, is it because of uh, our demands which we are asking of our children these days due to competition, due to competitiveness? Are we actually looking at that, or are we looking at a different social problem? And I right. think. The different social problem may be something which we want to look at because 
from what we look at, even though it is getting more and more competitive in this world, but if the environment is proper, it mm. shouldn't be any issues. Right. But if the if the parent is putting unnecessary pressure on the child and they mm. go to school and then they're getting bullied there as well, that is mm. when they are going to tip over the scale. Mm. You know, Doc, uh, and also there's a two part of it, right? One, we talk about the sender, who's of course the guy, the big guy, you know, he thinks, you know, he can bully everyone. And then the receiver. But in terms of the receiver and the bullying, um, students do uh, experience negative health uh, effects such as headaches and stomach aches, in, you know, um, fear of going back to school. Um, there are signs and symptoms that we can look out for for kids who are going through. I mean, this is we are talking about international um, right. experiences or symptoms, right? You know, if somebody comes mm-hmm. to you, if I'm coming to you and say, Doc, I'm having a stomach a stomachache and I'm putting my both hands in my stomach, obviously, hey, you know, you're going to know that I, I have a serious issue in my stomach. So same thing, uh, uh, any indication that we can look up for? So uh, basically what we, what we want to do is how to identify. So identification can come in many different ways. Now, from my professional experience, I get children who just come and they keep telling their parents that I have a tummy ache, I have fever, I have cough, I'm unwell, I don't want to go to school today. But when they're at home, they're completely normal. There's no issues. When the thought of them coming to go to school arises, suddenly they become unwell. And I have picked up many, many cases of, uh, of such instance where the child refuses to go to school, the mother brings the child or the father brings the child or the caretaker brings the child and says... Um, my child is unwell today. Uh, I said, why? Oh, no, he had a stomach ache in the morning. But you look at the floor, he's jumping all over. You know, he's a very joyful child, um, asking his grandparents, uh, when, what time is lunch? Uh, how I want to go back quickly. I have to go and watch my cartoons, this and that. Mm-hmm. That's but, right. Yeah, but but when when the talk, when even when you start saying, uh, okay, oh, okay, uh, but your mom or dad or grandparent told me that you were unwell today, you didn't want to go to school. The moment the word school comes, you can see a behavior change. They suddenly start being quiet. Um, they, they, they become less responsive because the thought of them, oh my God, I have to go back to school tomorrow. And this is very apparent when you tell a child that, look, I'm sorry, uh, I think uh, uh, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with you. It's okay. Uh, tomorrow, I think you're fit enough to go to school. Suddenly, their behavior changes. Mm-hmm. So these are some things. And then uh, there are some children who... Uh, and, and this may seem a bit funny to many, but uh, I can tell you, honestly, I have detected it. A lot of them actually uh, can't control their bladder, especially when they're sleeping. Uh, they have bad dreams. Uh, they end up uh, wetting the bed at night and then uh, they wake up. And I'm talking about teenage children. And a lot of people think that there is some neurological problem or why can't they control? But actually, it is just due to fear. So a lot of people don't understand that um, one when you're talking about mental health issues and bullying and uh, even sorts of things like that, especially in schools, uh, many people present different ways. So the most important thing is communication. And most of the time, I will always tell the patient, um, uh, who a uh, person who has brought the child in and asked who is the closest to him. It may be a brother, it may be a sister, it may be uh, the caretaker, it may be the grandparent, it may be the mother, it may be the father. Always sit and ask them. And, you know, I've got so many of them who come and told me, yeah, doc, you're absolutely right. I I, I asked, I felt there was something wrong. He was telling or she was telling me that there's some issue. I went to the school and I found out from his friends or I found out from her friends or I found out from the teachers Mm -hmm. that they have been having some trouble in school. And bingo, that was the... 
that was the treatment. The treatment is not about giving them medication and telling them that this and that. There's nothing wrong. The issue right. is that they were having a mental health issue. And identifying that and catching it at the right time is actually what needs to be done. And that prevents all the other symptoms of what you were mentioning of depression, anxiety, and stress. Right. So to come back to your questions of how to identify, I think communication is very important, especially by a person who is trusted. And number two is... Um, by uh, by looking for very abnormal behavior. Suddenly talking about school, they suddenly go quiet or they refuse or they, they prevent to think about it or they dread going to school. These are common signs which happens. Mm. Thanks, Doctor, on that. And we are still on the topic of uh, effects of bullying. And of course, mental health awareness is the month of May. So we are especially dedicating it to, to it. And uh, with me, it's a very good friend and also a doctor, Arvinda Singh, HS, with us, a regular speaker at Kopi Advance. Doc, before we jump into cyberbullying, um, there's also another one more pointer that we want to talk about um, effects of bullying. Uh, we mm -hmm. talked about the sender and the receiver. I mean, the receiver is a poor guy getting bullied. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, nowadays, parents are sending their kids for you know self-defense classes, uh, confident causes, you know, to build up their kids. Because nowadays, you can see the, the amount of stress in education and and peer pressures, especially, you know, uh, fellow students are getting well grades and then they probably going into, like what you said, even in the home setting or even in the school setting, they are facing tremendous amount of stress. And that actually uh, built a kind of a character for them as they grow into their adults or even eventually. Um, will there be a character change? Will there be, uh, they tend to become very quiet, very lonely, uh, not not much of confident, you know. Um, is, is there kind of be a sign and indications as well? So uh, you're asking me whether it actually carries out into adulthood. So uh, there are some cases, I don't know whether you have heard, but in a country in Japan, there's something called karoshi. Have you heard of karoshi before? Not at all, Doc. Not at all. Karoshi <laughs> is something where they work and they unfortunately die in the workplace while doing work. Oh, yeah. Uh, got to see a couple yeah. of reports before. That's right. So you just find a person who is actually typing something and then he suddenly goes still and they are actually dead because of that. So what happens is it's good to be competitive, but I think being overly competitive until people have been driven to that levels of where they can actually die while doing work or pass on while doing work because of the stress is actually not healthy at all. So mm. there may be some issues there where they actually take from their childhood and they go into the adulthood and uh, if they were bullied, they may be perpetrators then later uh, who may be bullying other people um, for that matter. Or they may be of certain characters. They don't want to go out. They don't want to mix with people. They don't have proper eye contact. They don't have proper vocabulary skills. They don't have proper social skills. They just want to avoid everyone because they don't want to get into the situation of being bullied as what they were as children. And mm. that is where social mm -hmm. disconnect disconnectivity happens and that is actually quite rather dangerous when it comes to social skills because uh, you know no man or no lady is actually an island so you need to mingle around but unfortunately they become discorded and uh, it becomes very low it, be, it probably becomes a very lonely place so I think some of the things which has to be thought about is um, 
molding the character that is why it is very important if you actually pick it up at a very young age um and you solve it at the young age what happens is they actually have the tendency to believe that such things can actually there is a there is a better uh, cure for it or there is a better uh, way around it and if you deal with it early and the way you deal with it it actually gives them experiences that if it happens ever again they know how to manage it by themselves and they become a bit more independent but unfortunately most of the time a lot of people tend to keep quiet a lot of people who go for help uh, especially to their peers they are made fun of because oh you know you can't even handle that or you can't handle this um you know and uh, some parents take it a bit lightly that oh, okay you know these are things that happen to them so it should happen in school um but i think uh, addressing it we are not trying to baby people um we are just trying to help them at the same time to to cope so that it doesn't affect them but at the same time you also want them to learn but i think coping mechanisms are are, are very very important and it must be skills which are taught so like i said it's such a complex thing but i think to simplify it if you actually start teaching people not to bully like it is not good to bully uh, it is not right to bully i think you're solving a lot of problem uh, um in fact i don't know in the past uh, i remember reading uh, of course you don't read much about it these days mm-hmm. but in the past right. you will remember reading about road rage people road bullying uh, people doing things on the road uh, to other drivers uh, you know bullying them on the road uh, purposely Yeah. overtaking them or you know um uh, uh, making gestures at them and all that <laughs> these days right. because yeah these days because everything can be caught on camera everybody has a dash cam everybody yeah. has a handphone so people are, are, are perhaps a bit more cautious but cautious i think yeah but i think it's in a good way because you don't see much of it happening because the moment it happens it's next thing is up on social media so i think uh what we can learn from this particular event of the, this you know people are being wary because they are being watched and on social media and all that is that if there is somebody to actually immediately point it out you are actually preventing it from becoming worse mm. so i think if you look at it that point of man i mean you take take that home as a learning message that if you are actually pointing it out immediately or there are whistle blowers who can immediately tell that okay this is something wrong and the person knows that they're going to be caught and reprimanded you actually mm-hmm. find that the, the the number of issues become less and less unfortunately it may come in other ways but i think generally it actually just tends to 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 die okay. down a little and goes off so yeah. these are some of the ways which actually you can take we can take pointers off all right and yes doctor i i i agree with you as well i mean this is the third time i'm saying i'm agreeing with you um even when you're talking about the sender as a bully and the guy who's receiving it on the poor hand um the guy who's bullying do you think he will go through some psychological eff- effects as well uh taking yeah. place to him yeah so um they in may have they in may come from post traumatic stress that means they have got it done to them and they are releasing it in such a way but unfortunately um especially uh I, i i remember reading this story many many years ago as a medical student there was this one perpetrator who kept uh, bullying this one particular child and the child died um i i'm not sure from what 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 was the cause but because of that this person had a very uh, the re- for the rest of his life until now and it's a guy it's a boy who who is telling the story 
that he cannot he's not the same person anymore because he felt that he, yeah the guilt and he or she was responsible for it and yeah, once yeah. that happens you are going to have perhaps a very difficult or irreversible post traumatic stress disorder you may however much you may want to convince that person that they are not responsible for the death that happened i don't think a lot of people will take it kind to them that it is not because of them so i always tell people especially those uh, people um, they i get some parents who come and tell me oh you know my son or daughter is uh, uh, doing this to my other child you know um, doctor can you please advise them so when i always say that and uh, a lot of them they actually realize and we tell them that you know tomorrow if something were to happen to them who is going to be responsible mm. of course kids being kids will say i yeah nothing is going to happen lah but when something does and unfortunately some people learn the hard way so i always tell them about this story about you know that uh, the the person who 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 actually had a traumatic uh, time after the mm. the person who was being bullied was uh, who had passed on i mm. think it brings a different reflection but it also tells us that the bully the bully themselves are at risk of getting other issues especially if something happens to the person who is being bullied Mm. Right, right. So, I mean, um, of course, nowadays we don't hear, but it doesn't mean that you know we don't hear means that the cases are not happening. Um, mm-hmm. but the another common thing, dog, we really want to address here is about cyber bullying. Very silent, uh, constant pressure. Uh, can be judgmental, can be words, can be hurtful words. Uh, maybe in some kind of a uh, harassment. Um, so many things to talk about on cyber bullying. What's your take on that, dog? Yeah, cyber bullying I think it's an upcoming thing and it's coming up fast because of after the pandemic everything has been taken online. Um you find that a lot of people uh cyber bullying everybody tends to think it's cyber it's on computer no it's actually on social media it can happen on your phone it can happen online basically. And what happens is a lot of them um even you can see that even your social media profiles I'm talking about the major ones which are online not 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 the communication devices um things which are online itself they can actually uh nowadays they have a feature where you can report certain messages or cert- report certain things or certain post that maybe you may deem harmful disrespectful hurtful but again uh there must be somebody policing it there's somebody policing it so right, right. i th- i think it should come to the point whereby um it should be like a demerit system i always believe like i know I, i know in singapore that if you have a certain demerit points for your for your driving yeah. uh, offenses they actually uh, buy you from driving for a certain period of time which yeah. i think is a good thing because yeah, yeah. then it keeps everybody in check that hey you know what uh, it's okay to make a mistake but you know if you repeatedly make the same mistake you are going to end up paying the price for it And and it, it yeah, is. No, no. Uh, I I got to mention just something. Singapore is a fine city, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you heard that fine city, but of course it's yeah. very fine. Uh, there are rules and regulations, but that's why I think the people right. are very uh, observant on the rules, right? <laughs> yeah, because you know, you see, and and that and that comes to the point because everybody knows that if they are going to do wrong, they are going to be reprimanded. So that, that it's not a fear, but it is a term of regulation that yeah. people live by law. So unfortunately, coming back to the point that online, it may not happen of such. 
So that is why if uh, I, I feel social media should also come up with this demerit system that if you have repeatedly been posting up things like that and people are complaining about it, then you will be barred for a certain period of time. I mean, yeah. it, 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 you, that a person who has done it, has, he deserves it because yeah. you have been doing this. That, like, um, uh, I mean, uh, let's not talk about Singapore alone. You talk about Canada. I had a, a friend who came down from Canada who said that mm-hmm. if you beat a red light more than twice or something like that in certain areas, you yeah. will be barred immediately for six months. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so a lot of people say, oh, no, that's bullying. But I said, no. I said, if you beat the, the, the reason there's a red light there is for you to stop. If you yeah. go and beat that and you beat that twice, you're not only endangering yourself, you're endangering other people who have not done anything wrong. Why should they be endangered? So yeah. I think at the end of the day, this, this uh, regulation, however strict it may seem, but it may be the way around it on how to control. Like I just said, if you have social media these days, you have handphones, you have um, you know, uh, recorders, where uh, you can actually pick up accidents and even, you know, nowadays you see that uh, people always post that, okay, you see this unfortunate accident that happened or even a fraud that is happening. Some people, uh, you know, try to do fraud, um, mm-hmm. you know, during while being on the road and everything yeah. is picked up. So there is some regulatory there. There may not be authorities involved, but there is enough evidence to show that such a thing has happened and it is not a person's fault. Everybody becomes more cautious. So if that is taken online, um, you 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 find that I think the issue of being bullied online, uh, cyberbullying will become less and less. So there is you know, some uh, like like you just mentioned about cyberbullying. Just now we talk about the effects of bullying. You know, um, is it because one is stronger, the other is weaker? Or can we say the other one is very obedient and this one is, you know, a little wild? Is there, you know, that's some kind of strength and weaknesses not balanced? And that's why bullying happens, whether is it for adults or even given even, even given for the teenagers or children, you know? Um, is, is this the reason? Because one is seems to be the superior and another one looks to be inferior. Is this one of the reasons why it happens as a human or the basic psychology as well? I think it is because that the person who seems to be superior is actually internally inferior. They they mm. they they are lacking. Yeah, they are lacking. They are lacking somewhere else, and they are trying to make up for it. And the other person who nice. is, you, you we must never underestimate the person who is being bullied because the person who is being bullied maybe in two different ways. They may understand what the other person is going through, and they just keep quiet about it and they ignore it. But there are some people. Uh, who can't actually deal with it and they take it very differently. So I think it is not, um, uh, it's not, uh, uh, I don't think it's about a superior and inferior thing. However, mm. I think it is the different upbringing and the different environments which they are around, which are actually shaping up them to be like that. You know, uh, sorry to use this example, but uh, you know, uh, uh, when, when, when you see, when you see pet shows, um, a lot of them tend to say that, uh, bad dogs are not born, they are made. And I think that goes very far when you say that that because of their environment of dogs being put into abusive environments, um, being put in different environments that causes them to be like that. But that same dog from that same litter, you go and you give them, nurture them with love, you play with them, you know, they may be a whatever breed they may be, but they turn out to be wonderful gem of dogs. So why does such a thing happen? I I mean, I'm sorry to use uh, a comparison to dogs, but I'm just giving uh, as another 
uh, as another uh, uh, living creature why do such things happen they they, they are also uh, uh, they are also living creatures right so yeah. i think it is actually at the end of the day environment that actually plays a very big role if everybody is given a con- uh, a good environment to um to be brought up in i think this problem may not actually exist right now right right dog uh, i mean at the same um um website that i'm talking about right now paces national bullying prevention center i i just got something that's very interesting here uh, probably i have to give them some credits as well and citation here they have they have mentioned this very well uh, as a bystander all right uh, students need to be the targets of bullying and of experience negative outcomes observing bullying is associated with adverse mental health outcomes so if you're watching it and you're not uh, giving your assistance out or you also could be a, a victim of it or previously in your earlier childhood or probably you don't have uh, may may i use this word guts or you're not mm. confident is this one of the reasons as well though yeah because uh, especially if there's something uh, sinister that happens to the person who's being bullied a lot of people um i don't know uh, whether you have seen that a lot of people who witness crimes happening um and, and the person is very badly injured a lot of people who are bystanders who do not do anything actually feel guilty that they felt that they could have done something to actually prevent right. the situation right. so i think uh, it is a, it is an event which is leading to a trauma and uh, it is the bystander that is actually suffering because um they felt that they did not do anything uh uh it, it may not be just did not do anything maybe they did something but they did not try hard enough something like that so that actually ends up um eating them ends up eating them inside so i think there are a couple of things that can happen but like i said that if you act, if if there is regulation somebody mm-hmm. goes and tells them that look this is wrong and we will report you xyz and mm-hmm. the person stops i think it is going to is going to be good for everyone the perpetrator will stop they will not have post perpetrator effects if uh, the 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 person who is being bullied anything happens to the person who is being bullied the person who is being bullied will feel relief because the trauma has stopped and the bystander mm. who has stopped it has also felt that they played a part to stop it everybody actually if you look at it everybody wins in that situation even though um, people may think that one person has lost the other two people have won mm. actually all three sides have actually won whereby if a person does not stand up there is no regulation nobody says anything about it and it goes on something happens to the person who is being bullied the bystander will feel bad because at the end of the day they felt that they could have done something and the person who is the perpetrator is going to feel bad because they are the people who have caused it and in this uh. case everybody loses yeah so it is always better to stand up and say something um to prevent it because you're actually trying to make the situation better and you're actually trying to make everybody winners you're not trying to be superman or be a hero here you're actually yeah. doing the right thing for everybody's sake so that is how i view it so yeah doc i mean as we speak on on the uh, topic of bullying and um uh, dedicated especially for mental health awareness for the month of may uh we have tavania thank you tavania for that uh message that you just sent us further security on what harassment bullying belittle and gender belittling should be looked for microscopy point of view 
when regulations are made. It's not enough. Social media needs these urgently. So yes, she's talking about uh, social media as well, Doc. I mean, that's the yes. topic that we are jumping in right now. So I think social media has to go on a different platform. Remember, we talked about AI uh, a little while ago, yeah, whereby um, actually uh, there, there are, uh, being a person who's actually involved with some amount of AI work as well, I think they, they should actually come up with particular terms um, or particular phrases that actually can, uh, can be deemed rude belittling other people and that post can immediately be involved uh, mm -hmm. uh, can be can be removed immediately mm -hmm. or the message can be immediately be removed because um, once that happens uh, you actually need a person to be policing all the while and there are so many people on social media with different interactions with you know they're, they're, if like, there are 15 million people on social media 15 million people are interacting with each other you can't be looking at that means it is one person one person who is posting versus 14,999,999 people. You can Whoa. imagine the different combinations. <laughs> That's why I say. So when you put it at that level, you actually find that, oh my God, how are you going to police? So um, if you look at how certain uh, 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 purchase websites uh, work, let me, uh, for example, there are certain shopping websites or certain websites um, or certain apps which... Um, there's buying and selling involved uh, on a legal basis, uh, on a large basis and legal basis. You find that if you try to put your email address there, it doesn't work because right. the moment it detects the email address there, it actually blankos the whole thing because they find that you may be dealing off the app and that's where scams tend to happen if, if things are not regulated. So I think how AI of that sort can be used that if you put common phrases which are more... Um, sensitive towards local slang, local culture. Um, when somebody posts it, it can actually be immediately be removed. Um, will be something which is very, very helpful. And that is what the regulations we are talking about. But it has to be come up by the administrators of the social media websites um, or social media or social media works. Because if they don't take this step, they're actually not being part of the solution. They're being part of the problem. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you for that. Um, we, we, we are going into the topic of cyberbullying and also we talk about the effects of the bullying as well, um, especially dedicated for the month of uh, May, uh, which is Mental Health Awareness Month 2022. Uh, great discussion going on with uh, my guest speaker, Dr. Arvinder Singh HS, uh, talking about bullying. And um, Doc, as we go in further, you know, we are talking about adults, we talk about addictions to few many you know video platforms social media communication platforms and even messaging services as well you know sometimes we can see how addictive a person can be uh, just mm. like you know if someone sends a message they're probably looking at staring at the message oh why is not message me oh why is it's online and then people it can be very um, uh, obs uh, obsessive uh, what, what do you think? OCD. OCD as well. OCD, I'm sorry. Um, is this something that's developing into a serious problem as we see here? I think it is and it will develop even worse with the amount of um, with, with, with technology that comes in and the more and more um, the more and more advanced we get with technology, these are things which we have to expect. I'll give you an example of uh, having an OCD challenge that if you're playing uh, video games on your on your computer or even on your 
uh, on your devices um, with your TV devices, right? And you don't win a game uh, which you are actually very committed to or you're very passionate about. You keep, uh, for example, football. You keep. I have to go back, and you keep thinking about it. You keep thinking about it. It becomes an obsession. That happens, but if if it doesn't exist, then it doesn't happen. But does everybody mm-hmm. who use it actually get that obsession? No. It's because yeah. they know when to call it, where to draw the line, or they know that okay, you know what, this is getting ridiculous. I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. So I think. As we move along with different technology, we should actually remember the most important thing that we have to remember is through social media. We don't know how a person is actually reacting. They may say certain things, but it may be in a different tone. They may say something which sounds angry, but actually they are saying it in a very light manner. Now, this mm-hmm. doesn't happen when you are in physical in physical form. Like I may be saying, "Ha ha ha!" No, I get lost like you. You know, I I think something like you see, you see, you see, Vince, you're laughing because because of the tone. But if I were to send you that message, hey, you know, get lost, like you, you will read it, and then it depends on how you read it, and then you will say, yeah, and then you will say like, hey, why is this fellow talking to me like that? I didn't tell him anything. So that is how, unfortunately, uh, it 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 uh, it has taken a new turn, whereby um, words are taken out of context because. most of our colloquial terms which we use come with emotion and it comes with tone but from what uh, from what we see on social media it does not happen yeah. much you know doctor like i i got to agree with you on this as we are talking on the topic of bullying and now we are going into social media <laughs> obviously we don't get banned by them as we are talking about them doc you better stand by right uh, after this session you probably will not be able to send me a message Oh, we can't even log into our social media. Uh, on a on a on a serious note, um, we we talked about uh, emotions as we as we talk in right. I mean, as we talked about, let's see if I'm sending you a message. Hey, dog, how are you there? But hey, get lost. You know, um, the base on the tonation, right? The high pitch, the low pitch versus the words. So, someone out there who's very sensitive. I mean, I'm sorry to say that there's some who are very sensitive to words, to reactions, on emotions. um it can be easily triggered so you look at it it's not only just one problem that we are talking about here that leads to the second and the third and then i i know there are many uh, maybe you know we, we don't have a numbers on that in, in terms of stat but you know some just take messages so seriously you know they 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 expect a immediate reply uh they want a quick response and they want to see whether the person is you know they're becoming so uh, addictive to that this could be another mental health issue that we are talking about here Yes, it becomes something a bit like OCD, but on a different level. Because at the same time, it's obsession, it's compulsion, but at the same time, on a different media, and uh, it may be also a complexity problem whereby you interpret things differently. Now that I think it's quite understandable because you're on social media, you don't know how a person has reacted towards it, uh, how how a person who is intending to convey the message is. so that is an issue that may be a perception issue but it i think it happens to many people but i mm. think in the event of um being obsessive because we 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 were brought up in the age that if you talk to someone who is uh, who is able to communicate they respond to you immediately like how i'm talking to you now vance yeah. and you are responding immediately that's the environment we grew up in but when you see the younger kids these days they 
they they they think to say okay i message person or oh, friend never reply ah okay lah maybe they're sleeping or what they 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 take it like that because they are born at the age where everybody is born you just you're just surprised how is a baby when they are born they are not holding a, a, a handphone on their right hand or left hand when they're born itself you know um that, that we we have come to that age but i think at our age especially at people with our generation or gen gen y i think you call us gen y right so yeah it's uh, a numbers are going up i don't think so yeah, we have so, any alphabets left <laughs> yeah so when when gen y gen y was brought up with a time where they were all uh, physical and normal communication until they were introduced to uh, uh, technology these new guys they were born these millennials they were born with technology in their hands so i think that the the the, the problem with gen y is they feel that if i say something you have to communicate it back immediately but they don't understand that this new form of communication is via a media and not everybody is connected all the while mm. so that that issues become an uh, a problem and that it may be slightly more dangerous because the person on the other end will feel that why is this person not responding to me on the other hand there may be also people to why is this person uh, uh keeping quiet for so long or why what should i say back that can also be another stress you know like how do i frame this so that this person doesn't get angry or upset or misinterpreted those days uh misinterpretation happens but very very little because yeah. emotions voice tone is there now with social media it becomes i think a bit more frequent so it's a very difficult situation to deal with but i think it comes to the understanding of everyone that's why i said so if everybody knows their limitation immediately on social media they know what are the limitations then it become mm. it doesn't become much of an issue it, it, the issue will always be there but it will become less and less at a at a much more manageable level you know doctor uh, as, as we are evolving <laughs> i got to use the word evolving um i do see uh, uh, particularly two issues here one is of course bullying is happening another one we can also say that addictions uh, ocd you know um immediate response and then get that will develop into anxiety uh, you know heart rate is elevating hormones are fluctuating and probably you know the person will be wondering you know uh, things like a question mark in the head why dr arvinda never respond to me but is online why dr arvinda so you know you know it's some kind of a ocd that we are talking about so from one problem it's actually leading to two and three and four so looks like it, it is getting into a serious issue isn't it yeah it becomes a network of events so that is why if you inhibit it fast enough you actually prevent it from going a domino effect into the other things so i think what we need to do is we need to recognize what are the limitations remember humans are the ones who create the technology so if humans are not perfect and they create a technology that means technology itself is not perfect even though they may be built to be perfect yeah. you know you have a handphone that you know you feel is unstoppable you can contact any people any person at any time but unfortunately it does not carry the human emotion with that right. so so as as we go along even though technology has been improving first it came out with text messaging and then text messaging then slowly became to voice messaging now it's coming to video messaging so people are trying to improve because if you look at think about it properly they are trying to make it more humanistic so technology is not human they are trying to make technology more humanistic 
we are already humans so we have all that so we have to understand that technology is running actually after us on trying to be humanistic in that sense or we are trying to make technology humanistic but it's not actually quite there yet so that is why we have to take it with a pinch of salt that um things may may be wrongly interpreted interpreted one thing you have to realize is that sometimes when an argument happens on a particular a uh, social media platform yeah, yeah. um maybe on a on a on a chat or whatever it's always mm. good to take some time off and relook at it again and reevaluate uh sometimes when uh, even sometimes i'm guilty of that that where you straight away jump in and say something but then when you look back at the next day and you say oh my god i shouldn't have said that xyz right. so okay. that may also be another issue that is why sometimes it is good to learn how to disconnect i i can tell you that uh um i'm actually i i was actually off certain social media for a, a very long time i think i would comfortably say about 5 to 6 years Whoa. yes i lost track i lost track with a lot of my friends a lot of my friends who i worked with in the uk yeah. okay. uh, a lot a lot of my friends who i met um during my travels uh some of the guys who uh, you know they were just friends and we happened to be friends on the social media page but mm. we got disconnected but you will not believe the relief i had for that 6 years from not reading um comments or things that people said nowadays it is uh, even though i have reactivated that social media mm-hmm. I, i i look i, I use the more as keeping in touch with my friends communicating with them private messaging telling hey how are you and and you know there are other different platforms today which are attached to your handphone more common than the right. other then you can actually connect with them back so i'm not mm. saying that is a bad thing but sometimes the discord of knowing when to disconnect i think is absolutely mm. important and you will not believe a lot of my colleagues who came and asked me uh, a, a couple of years ago i said hey why are you off social media xyz i said look i, I had enough of it i think uh, you know i was unnecessarily getting stress unnecessary um uh, uh. uh seeing things or receiving things or perceiving things but i tell you for that 6 years i i i have felt peace like no other okay. really and, and you will not believe a lot of people who were superior to me who came and said hey under why are you are not on xyz i said no i said i had enough in it really yeah actually i also a lot of times i think uh, let's just disconnect like why and why the heck am i there i i, I get so much of tension and you know what the, the, some of them are coming and telling me hey what wow, you what you did was absolutely right i feel so much better yeah. now but is not a is not a re- yeah it's not a reason to discord because if you discord and you yeah. end up getting left behind so um recently i have reconnected back uh, but on a very very uh, uh uh low profile basis that you know i i don't say anything much um i i i i just use it to communicate with the friends who i've lost and i've gone on a different media that now i'm actually thinking why do i need that same media because i've got a different media to connect to them and it's a one to one it's not on a public page or a public nice. profile sort of thing so i think at the end of the day it is looking for solutions and alternatives which suits you best there are some people who want to say things who they want it to be public they want a public discussion they want public opinion and it's their right if they want to as long okay. as they are not uh, as long as they are not uh, stepping on other people's toes or causing problem for anybody else that's fine but um at the end of the day if you are a person who thinks that you want to disconnect 
you may look for other modes of communicating with people than yeah. on a social media platform i'm not discouraging social media but i think that it should be done with control if you think you're losing control just stop it like if you have an obsession of eating ice cream that every time you see it's raining you feel like eating ice cream if it's hot you feel like eating ice cream if you um, you know everything you start feeling like eating ice cream you come to the point they say you know what i think ice cream is bad i should stop eating ice cream and that's it whether it rains whether it shines whether it snows whether it's hot whether i'm thirsty or whether i'm hungry i'm not going to eat ice cream anymore so when it comes to that point then you realize okay and then after certain amount of time you say hey you know what actually i can live without ice cream and then slowly you say okay you know what maybe I I I I was too rash. Let me try a bit of ice cream again. And then when you take ice cream, oh okay, yeah, this is what I missed. But I know that that is my limitation. I know that I don't want to go back in the past where I was so addicted to ice cream all the time. You so, know, nicely said, Doc. I mean, you just give a lot of uh, uh, temptation to all our viewers right now. Probably they might be thinking about. <laughs> So it's a good indication as well. I mean, it's not too bad, uh, but just that uh, make sure not too much. Ah, uh, we're not uh, promoting uh, uh, sugar here at the moment. Yes, please do not. Please, please take please take diabetic ice creams or in fact ice creams with very low calorie content because <laughs> that is that is the proper way to go about things. No yeah, disrespect yeah. to any ice cream lovers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one, Doc. Uh, we have a couple of questions from our viewers. Thank you so much. Uh, it's quite puzzling to see. Uh, all of we was actually quite awake at this moment um i'm going to take first question now doc uh, then followed by another question by dk gauri danas um by tamari has said that yes very true when they don't get the reply immediately she's referring to our previous question that we talked about on the social media they could harm themselves in a dangerous way and they take it too emotionally maybe perhaps by words that's what tamari is saying how to help them overcome from this kind of situation doctor at the same time they don't ready to listen to others advice yeah so unfortunately for our age generation it's a bit difficult because you can't actually educate them in at school level or things you know can be included in the in, in uh, emotional syllabus which we have in schools uh, teaching children uh, i think what we need to do is we need to have more public uh connectivity in on public on public medias like for example newspapers on tv or even uh, even on uh, certain platforms where people can actually say that you know this type of things are happening May, many many maybe many people are suffering from it but they don't know how to deal with it and until they actually realize that oh okay um these things happen but it may be a problem which is a perceptual issue that means is how i'm perceiving it how i'm I, 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 it's a perception from me that is an issue it may not be with the other person then slowly you will find that people become a, a mu- immune and accustomed to it like how you find the generation of today i'm talking about guys uh, girls who are maybe 14 15 years old within that range if you mm. ask them hey, uh, did you message this person to to come uh, uh, for let's say a meeting today yeah yeah i said did they did they say okay no uh, the person didn't reply but i'm sure they would have read the message and they will know when they did one and then you tell them uh, okay uh, maybe you want to call them ah okay maybe that's a good idea you call them and then you tell them so they mm. know for alternative ways to to go about things and and they realize that once if they can't connect they can't connect that is the limitation so mm. i think once we realize that there is a limitation towards it 
and again is not humanistic we are trying to make it as humanistic as possible then i think self realization will will kick in and then people will understand that this is something which is actually to make our lives easier not to something to torment our lives thank you doctor thank you tamari for that question i know a lot of us probably i could be also one of the victim in the past but of course not definitely not now uh, we should never take things for seriously i mean of course you got to take things seriously which matters to you but when it comes to social media i think we are getting too much of addicted doctor is that right to say that we are getting too much of addicted to I social we're media just, we're just too perhaps connected to social media i think uh, like like i say it is time to for us to know and there's nothing wrong but we must know when to start and when to stop i think if you know when to stop what what is the boundary what is the limitation i think it makes mm. it easier on everybody right right doctor well said that um i'm going to take this uh, particular question from this particular viewer but that is actually from uh, another platform which is of course from my personal facebook uh which didn't um highlighted yeah but still on digital right uh digital natives and digital migrants uh define their use and expectations perspectives and manner they use on social media it's important to honor and respect the inherent differences right doc yeah so uh, like i said everybody comes from different environments different cultural backgrounds uh, where certain things may be acceptable in different cultures different norms from other different norms so we have to learn how to respect one another again we must understand that you remember uh, when in those yeah. days if you say that you want to go outside of another place you need a passport these days you can actually go from one country to another online without needing anything oh well, yeah that's right <laughs> that's right yeah, so but but when you do that you may think that uh, the, um, uh, the 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 cultural differences nothing comes with a pamphlet saying that look these are how cultures are different this is how people do things here this is how people perceive different things mm, this is right. how people say different things you don't have that you're straight away connected so you have to learn how to adapt immediately so i think social adaptive skills are actually very important in this in this sense that's one mm-hmm. and the other thing is perhaps we should also think about uh, uh broadening our horizon so the more you actually interact the more you actually learn if you take it in a learning perspective more than a than a than a, a perspective that is going to harm you i think you learn better but at the same time we have to be very careful because you don't want to actually uh, harm uh, or, or or insult the other cultures or norms as well yeah that's true with respect of course chavani also has probably have agreed with us i think she has definitely agreed social media addiction is too real currently a new found fame and glory which can be toxic and addictive very true um i, I don't know whether you have seen uh, a lot of a lot of videos are going out on uh, different platforms these days where uh, people are talking about um when they're doing certain charity or they're doing certain things and they are uh, showing it on social media yeah it's good in the sense that you are encouraging other people to do it but there are also a ways of perceiving it because other people may feel like oh i'm not doing it that means i'm not adequate enough or there are other people who want to do it but they are doing it for the purpose of putting it on social media mm. so i think at the end there there are different ways to perceive it 
So I think it comes down again to the user because if you see someone who is doing charity for that example, and it's a good thing, you can always say, oh, okay, this person is doing charity. It's very good. I think it's a good example. If this person comes to me for support because they want to do charity, they need some financial support for the charity, I will actually do my bit to help them. That's one way of perceiving yeah. it. The other way to perceive it is, oh, this person is a show-off. So mm. there are many different ways to perceive one different picture or a different event that has happened. So perhaps it is best that you judge and keep everybody on a clean slate. I always see when people are putting charity things and whatever they are doing, I always feel that it is put there as a purpose to inspire me. Inspire me, inspire the rest of the world and even to make us aware that there are people in need who need uh, certain elements and when you want or you find a purpose of charity to be done, you actually mm. know where to start and where to live. Right. I look at it at that way. But there are some people, oh, he, this person is being a show-off. It may not be that of so. So it also comes to another sense that if a person were to do charity, should you post it on social media or not? So I think it is the way and the intention of what he's doing. But again, social media is becoming uh, infective. A lot of people are posting it because they want to keep it as their own personal log. It is not for anybody else. They just want to keep it for their own personal log. But unfortunately, it escapes through the root of that and everybody gets to see it and then people perceive it differently. Mm. You know, Doc, I think it's another interesting topic that we are also, um, I mean, in the, in, the, in the bigger context as well, uh, topic on bullying. But, um, you know, um, leads to anxiety, leads to addiction. Uh, the first thing you wake up in the morning, whether you, you know, say some prayers of whatever beliefs or faith that you have, we don't. The first thing is the phone that comes to our hand and the bright light. So another health issues be there, you know, two bright lights might not be very good for our eyes. Uh, we are constantly in anxiety why the message has not been replied. Or Then you can see the other person on online because nowadays social media, there is indication stating that mm -hmm. the person is online. And then you'll be wondering, hey, he's online, but then he's not replying. So anxiety kicks in. So I think constantly we are just adding on more problems to ourselves. Uh, looks like uh, how the situation it is right now. Agreed. But I think, again, it is how we have perceived it. If we realize that it is another media just to connect. Like, for example, um, if let's say those days we had landline phones, if you call a person and the person doesn't pick up, you will first thing you'll say is, ah, maybe that person is not at home. That's it. We, because we, we realize that when you call a person, they don't pick up. That means they are perhaps not at home. So I think we can also do that with the new social media. But unfortunately, social media has become cordless because it moves around with our handphones. Ooh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so everybody says that the handphone should be with the person. Why is that person not picking up? Very true, so, yeah. yeah so, so it can be perceived at two different ways. Number one is, oh my God, is this person all right or not? And then you go and start looking for the person to make sure that that person is all right. And that has saved lives before in the past, which I don't think would have happened if we were just stuck with our traditional uh, communication uh, methods. But at the same time, it also causes anxiety of why is that person not uh, doing this? Why is that person not doing that? And there are certain expectations. So I think there are two sides to the coin of this, uh, two, two sides of the coin here. One is you can actually look at it that it is a way to keep track of someone, especially 
someone who you love like these days parents tend to give uh, their kids a uh, 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 mobile devices for communication purposes those days you have to look for a public phone and when only when there is a public phone you can actually communicate with your parent oh, okay uh, i'm finished uh, can you come and pick me up or i'll meet you here and there but these days it is direct communication so i think uh, with these trends also there are a bit of negative sides to it but i mm. think if everybody uses it uh, responsibly um in the sense that if someone calls reply reply i'm not saying pick up the calls immediately but in due time reply that oh i'm sorry or i immediately send a message or you know nowadays social media even on uh, handphone devices they have a certain mm. profiles where you can say call only if urgent or uh, i'm sorry i'm away from this time to this time so everybody yeah. understand so i think it is using it responsibly and using it in accordance to the 21st century and i mm. think we should look at different creative ways to look around it but at the same time we again should remember it is not as humanistic as us communicating directly thank you doctor i mean uh, thank you to all the viewers right now who are watching this live <coughs> podcast uh, this is a new uh, venture in kopi with events with dr arvind singh uh, it's what we call the late night masala chai <laughs> how about that doctor? how that sounds to yeah, you yeah. masala That's, chai better uh, at night right or coffee what do you think what does work yeah, what works best i think i think i think uh, uh, podcast we call it masala chai la Masala chai, a new invention, guys and girls out there. Um, doctor, we I know bullying can be a very big part. We talked on students, we talked on teenagers, we talked about schools, uh, we talked in an international level. We also use the bullying statistics from the National Bullying Prevention Center. But of course, you know that was before pandemic and now after pandemic. Now we are into endemic. um the, the the next topic that we want to talk about doc, um, the segment is bullying on adults in corporate life because there's so many segments that we want to cover but this probably the one of the uh, main topic that we want to cover on the corporate bullying before we call it the late night masala chai uh, doc what is your take on i know you mentioned that before uh, bosses supervisors managers there's lots of political games there's a lot of favoritism there's a lot of you know you know you buy something for your bosses or you 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 they call it carrying you know all those words mm-hmm. but but is real talent been utilized or is it basically curry flavoring your bosses gets you into promotions i mean that is the whole corporate jungle that we talked about and sometimes when you know when i do some interviews uh, some of them are a little shy uh, some of them want to protect their confidential because they don't want to reveal themselves because probably their colleagues may watch it but you see uh, when it come to corporate life i think there used to not there used to be there's lots of politics going on constant pressure constant targets constant favoritism and this is also considered bullying in indirectly or call will you call it directly bullying i would say it is a culture which is developing and the culture is unhealthy let's put it that way but i think uh, what everything it comes what it boils down to again is attitude if this type of attitude of uh, of how you put it as caring or how you put it as um, uh, people who are trying to gain brownie points so called brownie points i think at the end of the day if it is condoned or it uh, or sorry not condoned but if it is 
discouraged or it is uh, not entertained, you will find that at the end of the day, people will stop doing it. Like, for example, uh, I remember that uh, prior to this, there will be many, uh, in, in many different events, when you go, um, people will actually, um, uh, you know, uh, when you come for certain events, because you have attended the events, they tend to give you free gifts or dog gifts and all that. But some people consider them as um, favoritism and bribing, uh, uh, bribing people to come to your events and all that. And if everybody stops that, you cannot fault one person for coming or not coming because if everybody does it at the end of the day, everybody stops it or this is actually a practice which is... Uh, uh, which is frowned upon or looked down upon, everybody stops it. So I think it is the culture which is coming up. So if everybody says that, oh, the culture of, um, in, in Malay, we call it bode. So bode means, you know, to to to, um, to carry, you know, of what they say. That's, that okay. that's, a, yeah, that's, that's a commonly used, right, Doc? It's commonly yeah. used. Yeah, it's a very widely term used. In fact, a lot of my English friends like to use it. English-speaking friends like to use it. Call it bode. Okay. So if the bode culture stops, if this bode culture stops and everybody say, oh, you know, this is bad, it's a bad behavior, and even the, the superiors start saying that it's bad behavior and people at that level say that it's bad behavior, you're going to solve that problem. But if there are certain sects of people who actually encourage it then you're going to have a problem so i think it, it is behavioral report uh behavioral uh, behavioral issues among all different segments and i think it takes everybody to 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 approve or disapprove it and it is better to disapprove it because if you approve of such things you are actually going to be overshadowing a lot of other more important facts of talent uh capacity capabilities and uh, you end up, you end uh, people end up, or or, or or employers or higher superiors end up uh, favorit favoritizing people without proper capacity and ability, and it is going to harm the rest of the rest of the work community and the rest of the people who are depending on that particular company for that services. So I think at the end of the day. It, it can only benefit if the corporate culture is uh, respectable and also uh, something which is not biased. I think that that is how we can solve this problem. But, uh, but, but Doctor, as, as we are going a little deeper before we call it off a day, uh, because we just have a few more minutes to go. Um, you know, I, I spoke to someone um, a couple of months back. Uh, names will not be mentioned here. Um, corporate life was a hell. Uh, every day was dragging him or her to the workplace. Uh, things were not just going the way it is, but very hard worker, very dedicated, very committed, very motivated. But because of the culture, uh, because of the supervisors and managers was afraid that he or she may come up in life and to overtake their jobs. And they tend to put a lot of challenges and obstacles for that particular person. So that person is really doing, you know, all it can to bring back the bowl of rice, uh, uh, put food on the table or chairs, or whatever we want to call it. But, you know, it seems becoming a very normal, like what you say, the body culture is happening still right now. 
Um, mm. Most of the bosses doesn't realize this. Um, of course, they come to the grounds and they see these political games going on. But newbies are always coming into a company. The dinosaurs step them off and then the newbies resign. So this is what's been happening. But of course, as we say this, we can't say it's majorities happening. But of course, there's always a minority. There's always um, happening everywhere in, in most of the corporates. How can these political games or the political moves in corporate companies can be eliminated or avoided? Because sometimes you highlight to yourself, there's no way, you just have to change job. But how can you be a you know hopper, right? You can't be changing job all the life. Right. So I think it depends on the corporate policy of that company. If um, uh, I, I, I really like the example which uh, I heard from Singapore in the past, um, many, many years ago, and I follow uh, Singapore, um, um, the way the governance are, is actually run. And I remember one of your ministers many, many years ago was asked to resign because he went on, um, on an official trip with someone who he knew. Um, and he was asked to resign because uh, they, they felt that it was, um, it was uh, not against, it was against corporate policy of the government. And I mm. thought that uh, even though it seems it seemed to be very trivial, but it is something that started from the top. And I think the late Mr. Lee Kuan Yew was prime minister at that time. And I felt that it was something of good governance because at the end of the day, not only did he send a message out, it also uh, reflected on the clean and proper governance which is intended or what Singapore was built and founded upon. So... And when everybody sees that, that, oh, okay, you know, we can't, you're not even supposed to do that. Even that is actually frowned upon. It becomes a policy or an unwritten law that it is not allowed to be done. And that is how you start getting good governance. That is why you get better and better people who are coming in um, as ministers with proper etiquette because they know what is expected of them at the high level of performance. That means at the end of the day, um, even your incoming, your new incoming prime minister, uh, you can see that you know the, the 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 different categories which he has been measured on is like wow, look at that. You know you are measured solely on um, performance based on merit. It is not by you know I I I I, I boarded this person, I boarded that person. No, it is all on merit. I have done this. This is my performance. This is my KPI. This is my output. That is when you're married and, and that is how you get the best people coming up. So I think uh, bringing back into a, a smaller scale of corporate level, if people actually love and care for their companies and corporate levels, they should do away with this bode culture because at the end of the day, it is only going to benefit the corporate culture and uh, longevity of the corporate culture in that company for many, many years to come. And that is how people stay uh, or, or companies stay well beyond their lifespan and even achieve maybe you can say partial immortality but with good policies that only the best will be given a chance um, uh, 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 to take the next step or to take the company to the next step. Um, all those people who try to work around it don't want to work as, as um, uh, or, or don't want to follow the corporate policy, but try to work their way up in different manners, the un, unfair or unethical manners, they will not be entertained. And I think that is how good governance actually um, 
is established over the years to come. Well said, Doctor. You will be invited to Singapore to have a masala chai. <laughs> That's for Definitely. sure. You will never know, huh? Uh, yes, somebody's watching right now uh, for Kopi events. Then we're definitely going to change it to Masala Chai with Dr. Arvinder Singh HS. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you so much. Uh, it's a great uh, topic today. We covered on on Kopi events podcast late night. That's right. The topic on corporate bullying. We also talked about students getting bullied, uh, sign and symptoms. Uh, great discussion that we had. I hope our viewers enjoy it as well. Uh, doctor, before we sign off, as usual, any tips or advices for viewers at this point of time? Um, yeah, use social media responsibly. Um, remember that something you post innocently or an innocent joke may be taken very badly by others. So think at least two to three times before you post something. Is it necessary? Is it important? Is it urgent? Will it offend anyone? And will I gain anything out of this? If you find that at least four or five of the uh, four or five of the materials are actually missing, best not to post it and uh, be uh, you know use use social media with the highest etiquette as possible. Beautiful said, Doctor. Our Penang Laksa is still waiting, and Mutu's curry <laughs> in Singapore is also waiting for you. Is either you going to come here? If not, I'm going to come there. Uh, it's just that it takes about what seven hours drive, doc, from Singapore to Penang. I would say, I would say no. I think no, nine I hours level. But based on my driving, I think I probably would take longer. I travel only at ninety kilometer per hour. How is that? Oh, then you'll take ten levels. <laughs> I follow the rules and regulation, doc. Fine, fine city, in Singapore, no? Yeah. Uh, yep. Anyway, Doc, it's a great discussion to catch you at late hour. Thank you so much. Uh, this is our second. Uh, podcast late night. I think uh, a lot of viewers are watching right now. Thank you, viewers. This will not be possible if your support and your viewership is not here. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much again. Thank you, Doctor. We'll catch up really soon. Most welcome. Stay safe, everyone. Take care. Thank you, Doctor Arvinder Singh HS. Oh, it's a great uh, topic today. It's almost about, wow, one hour, 30 minutes. And earlier, we had another topic also, mental health awareness we talked about you know a uh, few things on intervention positive psychology interventions uh, with uh, Jana who from the school of positive um, psychology uh, thank you so much all the viewers again um, it's already been uh, well what is the time right now oh it's almost 11:48 yes 10 more minutes for a fresh brand new day for us hope you all have a fantastic weekend ahead uh, this is Vance from Kopi Advance. Uh, definitely, we're not going to change it to Masala Chai. Uh, but who knows, right? With Dr. Arvinda Singh HS persuading me to do a Masala Chai topic, why not? Uh, masala Chai at night also will be very good, you know. You, you, not so much of a, not so much of dopamine compared to coffee. You know, you drink coffee at night and you won't be sleeping. It's a continuity for the next day. Uh, thank you, viewers. Thank you so much for watching it. If you uh, find it beneficial to you, please do share and like. And uh, if you have any particular topic that you want us to cover, uh, please do so. We will try our very, very best to get our professionals, we get our expertise to come in um, and discuss with me and with you all together at Kopi Advance. Thank you so much. Adios, amigos. Um, great day. Pleasant evening.
and good morning. Ciao.